Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junton. We're here with a special guest. He is Oakland Athletics prospect and former second-round draft selection. Is that good? You tell me. But most importantly, he was a former member of the Wagon Michigan Wolverines. It is my pleasure to welcome Jeff Chriswell to the Official Official Podcast. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I appreciate you having me on, so I'm, I'm excited for today. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I, like I said, as you can see with the hoodie here, I'm a big Michigan guy. Um, and I, we got to pat some things out here, all right? So I had Lug Bauer on, right? And this was a while ago. I said, what the hell do I have to do to somehow figure out a way to weasel a first pitch at the University of Michigan? I even said, I'll bargain, maybe just the retweet from the Twitter account, no acknowledgement. We've had Jordan Wogu on, we've had Drew Lugbauer, and now we have you. Can, can you somehow weasel maybe an acknowledgement on the Twitter? Like, what's going on there? A hundred percent. I got you. No doubt about it. Um, I, I used to know the person who ran the social media account. I don't know who's doing it right now, um, but I'll shoot him a DM and, and make sure that um, they get you some likes and some retweets and some stuff like that. That's sure. why, that's why you're my guy now. Like that's, that's why I respect it. And like I said, man, I said this to Lugbauer, your seasons, I'm assuming it's almost done. Lugbauer is going to be done soon. Michigan, Indiana, November. What's your thought process on that? Are we going to be firing it? Am I driving from Toronto there? Or what's the deal? Yeah, the Wolves are hot. I uh, I like Michigan football. Um, they have, to say this, I don't know, in the best way possible, they've let us down the past couple of years. That's an understatement. Um, yep. But watching some of the young talent, man, watching them play this year, they're running the ball really, really well. Um, and, and it looks like they got some stuff maybe in their back pocket. So I, I would definitely make the trip. I mean, Michigan – um, you said it is that that game's in, in Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, it's in Ann Arbor in November. Me and Lugbauer already planned it. And I, I yeah. mean, I told Lugs, I mean, we're going to have to weasel you into that. I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to pretty much be telling people I played Michigan baseball. Cause I mean, <laughs> me, you, Lugbauer, we're going to be absolutely grinding, but I'm just going to shoot you in as a, we'll see. I mean, that's, you, I'm assuming, do you still, do you live in Michigan in the off season? Uh, so typically I do. I'm playing out here in Arizona uh, for the fall. So we have like instructional league and then, um, the fall league following that. So I'm going to actually be in Arizona for pretty much the rest of the fall into December. Um, so I don't I won't be able to make that game, but we are supposed to be done. Uh, I believe it's around the 20th or the 25th of November. And that's right that's around the Ohio, State game. Ohio State game. So I, that's kind of my goal is to be able to make it back for that one. And then, you know, I typically, I'm typically in Arizona for the off season, but um, definitely got to make my trips back to Arizona is my favorite state of all time. Like I've said this countless times awesome. on the podcast. You want to talk about the best state ever. It's, I mean, it, it does get uncomfortably warm, but it's just so beautiful. Just the scenery, all that kind of stuff. You're close to, you're close to Vegas. Arizona's undefeated. So how heartbroken was your family? I mean, being a guy from Michigan, I'm assuming like your family's like, what are you doing in Arizona? I mean, you, you <laughs> missed, do you miss the winners? Like, what's the deal with that? You miss the winners? Yes, it, I mean, it's hard. I, I miss the change of season, right? So, like, kind of now-ish, you know, it's like the perfect time in Michigan. Yes. You, you get the fall coming in, the leaves are changing colors, all that. Um, you know, I do miss that. I do miss throwing on the skates maybe a little bit in the winter, kind of some stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it, it's beautiful out here in the winter, man. Like, you can't really beat 70, 75 degrees um, in the winter. So now it's kind of more one of those things where I really enjoy going back um and you know seeing the family being around christmas time you know you love, love snow on christmas kind of that deal really nice to go back then but um, my parents and my my sister have been out a couple times to arizona they like it as well you know they they completely understand why you know i choose to spend some time out here in the off season 
I don't blame you, man. And if this podcast continues to grow, I might be living there. Like I'm fucking absolutely done with this Canadian winter shit. It's dead to me, <laughs> but no. And I, I wanted to go into your high school because you're a Michigan kid through and through, right? You grew up obviously there. You were born there, all that kind of stuff. And you committed to the, the big, I mean, the big school there, the, the older brother of Michigan state, as we call it, how cocky were you in high school or how, or were you known as that kid? Like, were kids looking at you like, that's the kid going to Michigan for baseball? No, I don't know if I was necessarily looked at, you know, like that. Um, I probably had a little bit too much confidence in myself than I should have. <laughs> uh, I think you can ask probably some of my teammates that freshman year at Michigan, maybe some of the coaches. I definitely came in with a little bit of uh, probably confidence to me, but that was kind of the, the, the great thing about Michigan, right? It, it's humbling. Um, you know, you're showing up on campus eating in the same dining hall as Olympians and these like freak of nature athletes. And then I'm kind of coming in this like right-handed pitcher from Portage, Michigan. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, that like, who am I now? You know? So that's like the kind of the cool, like I said, the cool thing about Michigan um, and the baseball program in itself, you know, it's a good program. So you come in and you're kind of immediately surrounded by players who are better than you. Um, And, you know, there is a good culture there and a good atmosphere to where uh, us kind of young we'll call us cocky high school kids get get brought down a little bit which is good so so were you, when you were growing up like were you always going to like the big like how far is Portage Michigan from the big house like is it close it's an it's an hour and a half yeah so it's not okay. bad so are you closer to Michigan State then about yeah it's like it's really only like 15 20 minutes closer okay that's not bad but like like when you were a kid grow like when you were growing up was Michigan was it Michigan or nothing for you or was it like other schools in like the south knocking on that door when you're in high school yeah I mean I think definitely when I started uh getting recruited like that kind of a the the appeal of like a southern baseball school I think that's you know kind of appealing to every northern you know high school baseball player um and you know as it kind of went out like I was a Michigan fan growing up so that was definitely like okay Michigan and then we kind of have like some of the other southern schools thrown in there that pique your interest um but then when I like I stepped on campus at Michigan I had gone when I was younger quite a bit like going to football games and stuff I always remember that atmosphere but I like when I stepped foot on campus as like a baseball recruit like it was completely different like our head coach pitching coach I mean like they sold me in like two minutes of being there and I was like holy like Kyle like this is like what I want to do um this is where I want to go and I kind of had that almost like that aha moment or it it clicked for me that it's like, you know, this is the place where I can go and still be a top, you know, round draft pick and I can still go and be really, really good and play baseball at the highest level, you know, in college. And it doesn't necessarily need to take me, you know, 14 hours South down to wherever that would be. Um, So, you know, like I said, there was definitely a little bit of, you know, interest there of, of kind of what the South has to, to offer for baseball. But like I said, you know, when I, when I have, you know, stuff foot on campus, it was like Michigan all the way. It's, it's, it's crazy to me because I saw an article on Twitter the other day and it's Michigan's the number one ranked public school, like public university in the United States of America, which is absolutely insane. So it, with the schooling there, and you could be honest here, did you feel, I don't know if you're a genius, but did you feel kind of dumb on that campus? Like even in classes with the kids? Cause it's number one public university in the nation. So there's freaks there. Yeah, no, it's, it was insane. Like there's definitely, um, you know, kind of that level of like, wow, like these kids are, are geniuses. And I, I would say like my first semester, my freshman year, it was a little bit like 
okay, you know, I, I need to maybe put in extra work, you know, compared to, you know, some of the guys I'm sitting next to in class, just cause like, it's a little bit, it comes a little bit easier for them. And I was a good student in high school, but not nearly as like, you know, good of a student as some of the people, right, that, that go there. So um, it was definitely a little bit of a shock that first semester. And it kind of just teaches you that, you know, you need to just put in a little bit more time than some of the other guys, or, you know, some of the other classmates that you have. But um, it is crazy. Like just, you know, you think you're, you're sitting there as like a top athlete, you know, in the country or whatever for, you know, baseball. And then you have somebody sitting next to you in class who's like, one of the smartest people in the country and you're like oh okay like yeah, that's cool right <laughs> that's true no dude it honestly like and the craziest thing about me was is like when i would go visit the campus to go watch the games and all that kind of stuff you don't realize how massive the campus is and the dorms and the frat houses and all that kind of stuff which makes me which is like a leeway here i gotta bring this up let's talk about the party scene there for a second because i have a funny story i told this to Lugbauer when we first had him on the show and maybe you could attest to this the mind prone. Does that word ring a bell? The drink mind prone or mind probe? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. I ha Okay. So this is the story. So Brent Noseworthy, who was the captain of the lacrosse team there when I was there, he, we went to go visit him and he just like, just order mind probes or whatever the hell those things are called. Like you don't taste the alcohol in them. I had like three or four. I almost legitimately died after this shit. What was it like? I mean, what was the party scene like for the baseball guys? Were you guys skipping lines, shit like that? Like the football guy treatment or what's the deal? Um, yeah, I'd say we had a little bit of pull Because Wogu said you guys got after it. Like, Wog Jordan said you guys, like, had a good time there. <laughs> I'm sure he did, yeah. Jordan was actually my roommate in college. So um, I lived with him and across the hall from him in the dorms. And then we lived together from sophomore year on. So um i'd say if, if he said we got after it i'd say that's a good representation <laughs> of college i mean you know i wanna uh i guess kind of portray that oh yeah you know we studied really hard and, well, it's, it's, it's yeah, and all that all that rang true right but we definitely worked hard played hard there um it was a good time yeah i'd say there was a little bit of line skipping going on um definitely definitely more attention to be honest after the college world series like before it was kind of one of those like, oh yeah, you know, baseball guys, sure. And then came back from the College World Series, people had been watching and they were like, oh yeah, sure. You know, like go go right on in. Um, so it was fun, man. We had a great time there. That's, you know, kind of one of those things as, as close as you get with your teammates, just from what you go through, you know, on the field, the 6 a.m. lifts, the practices, all that kind of stuff. I mean, really those relationships and those lifelong bonds form off the field. To be honest, no, you know, I, everybody knows that. You I know, say so this we, all the time. I say yeah. it all the time. I say it all the time. And like the thing is, is like you could get mad at the baseball guys for partying. And obviously, this is not going to get you in legitimately any trouble. You guys are college kids. Of course, you've partied in fucking university. It's like there if if I'm a coach and my team's not partying or whatever, or just having a couple beers or enjoying themselves, I'm scared. It's like, there's no chemistry there. I, I like, that's my right. thing with that. It's like, and that yeah. baseball team, you guys were so close knit, which is why you guys had so much success. Would you say that year you guys went to the college world series was one of the best, like the closest baseball teams you've ever been a part of? Oh yeah. Hands down. I mean, to give you an example right now, uh, Rutgers weekend, it's kind of like the alumni weekend. I mean, I got a group chat with like 15 dudes blowing up right now. That's like, Hey, like everybody's going back this weekend. And I'm obviously here, you know, I got, I'm, I'm doing the, you know, instructional league and stuff. So I'm not able to make it, but it's like, we haven't, 
you know, you, you make new friends and you make new relationships in professional baseball, of course, but like those relationships are still like your guy, you know, the group chats are always firing, right? You got the Instagram group chat, Snapchat, you know, text message, like those are the guys and that team really, especially my class, like I'd say we had a class of like 13 or 14 guys. So we had kind of like a big happy family as far as like my class. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, these are guys that all, they'll be at my wedding. You know, these are the guys that I'll, I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. So it's that team, that team, especially though. I mean, when you go kind of through that postseason run with a group, you know, you, you can't really get any closer. And honestly, like, so when we had Wogu on this podcast, obviously he's disgusting at the game of baseball. He's an absolute <laughs> freak of nature. I could definitely tell for the people listening, he's definitely a reserved guy until he opens up to you. Because as you could tell with this podcast, I bring a shit ton of energy. I just let it fly. He was definitely more reserved because it was a little bit after the draft. What was it like living with Jordan? Because this guy, and one, I would never let my girlfriend around him. He's yoked. He's good looking. He's disgusting at the game of baseball. So right. what was living with this guy like? Is he more on the sloppy side with like the, the neatness or is he a very neat dude? No, he takes care of himself. We, that's like one reason we live together. I felt like we had a pretty good balance of like, hey, you take care of your stuff. I'll take care of my stuff. Um, and he's like, like I said, he's like one of my best friends. I mean, we... Um, got after it in college, right? You know, we, yeah. we, hung out, we did everything together. Um, and we kind of got to that point where like, we, you know, we had our own stuff, but we were together like almost all the time. And, you know, he, like I said, he kept care. He took care of his stuff. I took care of mine. You know, we kind of just, uh, you know, vibed in that way to where we really didn't have any issues. But And he, I, you could be honest here. I mean, I think I, he said it on the podcast or and lugs also attested to it. He pulled and called. I mean, there he. I mean, his DMs, especially after that College World Series, because he raked. I was like, I was looking at his stats the other day when, like, I'm look back on some of the guests we've had. His stats are absurd. I mean, he, yeah. what he was doing there was insane. Yeah. So, was he one of like the top dogs on the team there? Like that, if he had not bat with like bases loaded, second and third, any situation needed to hit, he's the guy that's going to do it like 99 percent of the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no doubt. We had a couple guys like that too, like. And that was kind of the special thing about that team, like we call it Team 153 or that that College World Series team was like, there was a, I mean, honestly, I don't know if you could have picked a guy in the lineup that you're like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want him in, in this situation. Like Jordan was definitely one of those primary guys, like he had lead off for us. Like you said, I mean, I think he was like a career 300 hitter, which is just absurd. Um, so he was definitely like one of those core group of guys that was like, okay, you know, guys, runners in scoring position, like JG's up, like, Let's get it. I, I mean, I think one thing that we'll never forget is in the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten tournament against Illinois, he had like two strikes on him and we walked off Illinois and he just hit an absolute laser into the gap and it's like, boom, game over. <laughs> I mean, he did like he did stuff like that where um, you definitely had confidence with with him up, up at the plate. So. What is he lifetime against you in the inner squads? Like, let's let's go into a little bit of the trash talk here. What is he lifetime against, against you? Me? Yeah, I'd love to see what he has to say to this. But uh, if I am thinking about it correctly, it's it's close to like one or two for probably 15, 20. Really? He's not a big fan of my right on right change up. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. I'll be honest, man, I'll be honest with you. Not many people are. And I'm looking right. here and I'll pump your guys. I'll pump your tires. Here. This is what we do on the podcast. We pump your tires. That 2019 season, and you want to talk about video game numbers. Your record was legit seven and one with a two seven two ERA. Are you shitting me, dude? What was going right for you that year? Like, were you the number one guy? Like, were you the Friday night guy? No, no, absolutely not. Actually, um, really, I was, I was our third best starter. What? So I was, yes, I was behind Tommy Henry and Carl Kaufman 
two other second round draft picks, um, which would be great guys for you to, you know, get on the podcast. But um, so I was a sophomore that year. They were both juniors, both won the second round. Tommy was like a 91, 94 command guru from the left side. Like if you look at his numbers, I think he put up absurd numbers. Him and Carl both that year, him and Carl both that year, like broke the strikeout record at Michigan or single season strikeout record, I think. Um, it was one, like something like that. They both ate up like 130 innings. I mean, there was definitely times that maybe I might've been pitching a little bit better than them. And, you know, definitely a lot of time where they were pitching better than I, but um, no, dude, I was, I was the Sunday guy. So <laughs> I could be wrong here, but I, I, I'm pretty sure you have the, you have the lowest DRA on that team. Is that, is that correct? Isaiah Page uh, out of 275. Yeah, I might have had the lowest ERA, but those dudes, those dudes were legit. So, and I, I love talking about this on the podcast. So, at what point did you kind of realize, like, this is a chance here for you to pump your own tires. We're going to give you the, the get, out, get, get out of jail free card here. At what point did you kind of realize, like, man, I'm a little bit better than these people that I'm facing. Like, I, I have a little bit better stuff. I have the chance here to be a second round draft pick in the show. I have a chance here to be a potential major leaguer someday. Like, what? When did you realize that? Was it at Michigan? Was it earlier? Like, when did you come to that realization? Yeah, I mean, I think that was always like a – that was definitely a goal of mine, right? I mean, I think it'd be stupid to say that it's not every college, you know, player's goal. And I think you'd be a little bit naive to think that every college player doesn't think that they're going to be, you know, first or second round either. That's just kind of the mentality you have to take when you're out there. Um, but for me personally, I think, you know, that was always a hope or, a, you know, an aspiration for me. But when I – got done with that college world series team. Actually, I was planning on going to the Cape and just finishing out the rest of the season in the Cape. And then I got the opportunity to play for team USA. And that was like a huge kind of like, Oh, okay. Now it goes from like being in one of the best leagues for summer baseball to kind of like one of the best teams in the country or the best team in the country. When you look at that lineup with Austin and Spencer Torkelson, Heston Kerstad, I think we had like, I think we had the top, like, seven of eight overall picks or something or Jesus it can be like, Christ. I mean it literally that lineup went uh like Austin Martin and Heston Kerstad I think were one and th- one and two and then Max Meyer pitcher was three um or Torque was number one excuse me yeah Torque was Torque, one. Torque yeah Torque one. one and then Amar ended up going a little bit like, like six or something which was, was our guy yeah. on that team was our guy was Hunter Bishop on that team Bish was not on that team so he was the draft before oh the draft before uh, yeah, but then we had Alika Williams, first rounder. Oh my I mean, God, he's like I'm, I'm trying to go through. I think I was literally probably one of the lower players drafted on that team. I mean, <laughs> Your second like, rounder. <laughs> yeah, and it felt like literally everyone on that team was like a first rounder. I mean, Torque obviously he did crazy. Like he's just fun to watch. Like you literally just kind of sit there and like, all right, what's Torque gonna do right now? Like I got 380 foot bomb. Like like that that team was so loaded that when I was with those guys Reed Detmers who's in the show right now um like being with those guys was kind of like okay now I'm kind of feeling like I'm in a bit of like a higher tier than maybe I would have felt like going into that sophomore year or something like that so um I definitely still realized that I needed to have a good junior season you know I was I by no means like made it but um I definitely felt like I had kind of separated myself a little bit after that time yeah, no, I mean, that that team you just mentioned is absolutely idiotic. And I believe Torkelson was in the lineup. He uh, Hunter Bishop told a couple stories playing with Torkelson, and that kid's just a freak. I can't, that he should, he could honestly play in the show right now. And I potentially, I think with ease. I mean, that kid 
is a man amongst boys, bro. I mean, the fact that that guy even played, I believe he was playing a ball like last year or not this or not. The, I don't yeah. know. He yeah, was this year, right? Yeah. He was playing a ball this year. I feel genuinely bad for the pitchers that guy faced. I don't even, I don't even know what his numbers were, but it's insane. Yeah. And I, and I asked this to lugs too. So when you're at Michigan and obviously I hate Ohio state, I hate Penn state. I hate all the big 10 schools, but when you're playing there, did you genuinely hate one team? Like, was there one team that you guys had a ma- like massive beef with? I think Wogu said Indiana. Is that correct? Um, Indiana, yes. Nebraska, yes. And then Ohio State, that's, like, kind of a given, right? Like, yeah. there's no way there's no, like, beef there. But I had a little bit of a personal vendetta with Michigan State. Um, like, I don't know why, but for me growing up, like, between me and my friends, it was always like, do you like Michigan or do you like Michigan State? And like, I was always on the Michigan side and I kind of felt like a, min- like a minority there growing up. Um, and like all my buddies loved Michigan State. So I kind of had that like personal vendetta against them. And they also didn't offer me out of high school. They told what? me I wasn't good enough to play at Michigan State. So <laughs> I'm dead serious. Their head coach like sat back in his chair and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, like we just don't have any scholarship money for you. Like we don't like think yeah dude and I was like okay like so then after that that visit was like right before Michigan and then I was like boom like all right I'm going to Michigan see ya like so I had like a personal vendetta there but like as far as um like so it felt like we always played Indiana kind of like maybe Minnesota and then Nebraska at like the end of the year so it was like right when everything was getting tight like everybody was either like one or two games back or one or two games up and like those series with like Indiana Nebraska um, Ohio State, like those being at the end of the year, they were always like just such, such good series. And like everybody was like bringing their A game. Um, so that definitely kind of developed there for sure. Yeah. No, was there any, so was there any like close to bench clearing brawls or like chirps coming from dugout stuff like that at your time there? Uh, I wouldn't say, I, I wish I had a story like that. I don't think there was anything that was like, all right, we're about to get after it here. Oh, no, there was actually. <laughs> no sorry I just I like completely forgot about that Jack Blomgren my absolute like one of again second best friend here like like one like my guy it was sophomore year against Nebraska I'm I gotta like think on this first thing because I don't know how this all like came about but something happened and they had this shortstop I don't even know his name shortstop second baseman he was just this prick right like yeah just, no, he was chirping yeah like no like nobody liked him him and Blami started chirping. They have like, there's literally the, like the best picture if, in Michigan history of like Jack Blomgren right here, this kid. Oh, his last name was like Altavia or something. And then there's an umpire like right in between them. I got to find this. Just go to absolute blows. Um, but that was like, okay, what's going to happen right now? Because like I said, I can't remember. I don't even remember the situation anymore. All I remember is just like, if, if Blomgren gets around this umpire, like he's the type of kid that the switch is going to flip and it's going to be bad. So it was, um, that one was heated and that was like, okay, now, now it's on, right? Like we, gotta, like, like we gotta, like we gotta do something. God, I wish, I wish I remember what that beef was about. I really don't. Um, I don't know if it was a hard tag or like a spike or something, something was going on, but it just, I'm gonna have to ask my buddies now after this. Cause it, that was, I remember that was definitely like a, Oh, and wow. and this isn't a job at Jack, but when I think of Michigan baseball, he looks like a stereotypical Michigan <laughs> baseball player. I mean, it's not yeah. a chirp to him. I mean, people, if you're listening to this podcast, just yeah. search his name, search Jack Longgren on in, on Google, and his mugshot, he looks like 
a guy you craft in a factory for the Michigan Wolverines. He's a Rockies prospect, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, um, he, that's a great way to describe him. He's like, you know, he's not short, but yeah, let's say he's like six foot tall, just yoked, like strong as all get out, scrappy, fast, can run. He's still, but I, dude, stole 30 bags this year in his first professional. Oh my God. Um, like, just the toughest guy. Uh, uh, here, I got a good Jack Lumberton story for you. So UCLA, super regional my sophomore year. Um, Jack Lumberton steals second. He slides into second, and he goes down, and he, like, holds his hand. And we're like, oh, what's that? Like, what just happened? Like, come on now. Like, Blommy, like, you're good. Like, remember that, like, if you think that you know a person who's tough, like, you haven't met him. So this dude holds up his hand, and his pinky is like this. Oh, like it's like it's completely sideways and the trainer our trainer Kim she runs out she's awesome she runs out and Jack's holding on his finger and he's like pulling on it and she's like stop like don't pull on it don't like it's broken <laughs> in half she's like don't like stop pulling on your finger so I'm in the dugout I'm sitting there like wide-eyed like this kid's like this is our starting shortstop we're in like game I can't remember if it's like game two or game three or something of the UCLA super regional and our starting shortstop just broke his pinky. So he looks at our trainer in the dugout, and I, I don't want to use, like, the exact language, but he just yells, just put some effing tape on it. And we're all like, we're all like, oh, my God, what is, like, what is going on? So they're, like, trying to, like, hey, get a sub in. Like, no, somebody got And he's like, no, like, no, nobody run out on the field. Like, nobody take a step out on the field. So our trainer is literally just like, I can't even, I'm not even supposed to do this, but like, he's yelling at me like, okay, where's the tape? <laughs> so she literally, you know, tapes his two fingers together and he just jogs back out there. I think he went up to his next AP and like slapped a base hit. And we were oh just, my God. We were just like, all right. So this kid, uh, like, I don't know what the, like what it's called, but he doesn't feel pain. Like that's like basically the thing. I mean, he's literally the toughest kid. He's one of the kids that's like that age old question of like, if you had to bring one guy to a bar fight, who would it be? he's up like he's a top top two and probably not two to yeah be no yeah. he looks like he looks like and this is me just stereotyping he looks like he got along well with the hockey boys like he looks like him <laughs> and the hockey boys were, were just getting after it he looks like an yeah. absolute nail he looks like he fits in that hockey house did you guys have a baseball house there i know there was a lacrosse and hockey house yeah we did it was kind of uh so our my freshman and sophomore year we had a great baseball house 1133 white street um and like you talk about getting after it like that's where we got after yeah. we burned a couch there after the college world series. Like we, <laughs> we burned that place down that, that house is like legendary. Um, and then we had like other kind of smaller houses, like my, my what, junior year, me, Jordan and Jesse Franklin lived in like a little three bed house. Um, and then we kind of had like, like I said, like other like smaller houses that kind of just like fit around. And maybe that was like going for like more of a low key night. We'd go over there, but um 1133 white street that was a baseball house the goat house, house. That the was goat house. yeah that a kegerator in there yeah no many. dude it's like and honestly when i visited uh nosy and at the lacrosse house it's like you want to talk about just living the goddamn dream it's so close everything like everything's so close to the stadium there you're just yeah. living the dream dude it's like oh man it's so electric people don't realize it man so then when you guys make that college world series, obviously, like I said, that team was absolutely stacked. Everyone doubted. I don't think one person had you guys winning the big 10. Is that correct? Like it was just, everyone was. 
Um, I don't know, like, what the preseason predictions looked like or anything like that, but we, I mean, we were hot there for a while in the Big Ten. I think we were leading at one point and then ended up blowing it. But yeah. we're, I mean, I feel like we're always up there, right, whether, like, we're top 25 or, you know, one of, like, the top five teams in the Big Ten. Like, we're always fairly up there. Um, and we were returning a lot of guys that year. So I don't know if they didn't have us in it, but like as far as playing for the national championship, definitely not, definitely not us. So when you guys punched that ticket to Omaha, I mean, what was kind of running through your head there? And I heard stories, I believe Coach Coach Backich, who's an absolute legend. I'm scared shitless of him and I don't even play for him. Uh, I heard he like what I heard he was was he close to tears that day? Like or what's the deal with that? Like, what was the speech he gave you? How fired up were you guys after that shit? Oh, it was it was a feeling that, like, you can't even describe. Like, I, I don't think – unless I win, like, a World Series in the bigs, like, I don't know if you'll ever have that feeling again. Um, it was insane. Like, literally, UCLA sucks. Well, they're great at baseball, but, the like, playing there kind of sucks. Like, yeah, especially if you're a UCLA, like, player – we had more fans in the stadium. Really? Yeah. So like, I don't know the exact numbers on this or whatever, but like, if you look like the Michigan, like student, like population or whatever, a majority or like the, the biggest population of students or whatever is from Michigan. And then like the second highest population is California kids. Yeah. So California is like a huge, like Michigan, like, I don't know why, but kids love going to Michigan from California. Um, so when we played at, at UCLA, like, the place was just filled with maize and blue. Like, it was awesome. Um, and literally, we dogpiled. It was insane. And we walked over to, like, the the, um, the section of fans or whatever, and we sung the fight song, and, like, at the top of our lungs and coach. Like, it was um, as bad. I got chills. It. Yeah, it's, it's literally like a, you know, like a, a scene out of a movie, like that kind of deal. Um, and we were just, like, our, our team captain, ben, or one of our captains, Ben Kaiser, he closed it out that game. I mean, like – it, it was kind of literally as picture perfect as you can make it. Um, so that was an incredible, incredible feeling. And kind of one of those, like, we had beat UCLA earlier in the year. So we knew we could do it. And we were like, we beat them once. We took game one. We ended up losing game two. But we were like, like if, if we're ahead, like, we're winning this game. Um, and we got on top of them. And it was, it was awesome. It was, um, like I said, something that I'll, I'll never forget. Dude, it's just like I legitimately got chills for that because obviously you see the work you guys put in. You're absolutely probably running out shit trap. Like you're 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 fall. You're just doing absolute dog shit cardio. Like just in hell. Do you guys? Did you guys have a hell week there? Because I know some schools do. Uh, like every week, yeah. Yeah, every week. Because dude, we yeah. like our our Texas guy. Like we have a couple guys from Texas on the show. And they told me what they have a week where it's like legit Navy SEAL training. Like they have army guys come in and train them. And it's just a week yeah. of legitimate hell. But I wanted to talk about coach package because Lugbauer said he's one of the best coaches he's ever had. Just motivational wise. Yeah. Where, is he one of those guys where you're like legit scared shitless of him, Or was he like a player kind of coach? No. And I hope he hears this. He's soft. No, <laughs> he, he, uh, he's like hands down, like, Go, like to go off what Lugbar said, he's the best guy I've ever played for. I mean, he's insane. I don't want to praise him too much because it, it'll give him a big head, but he is phenomenal. Like the dude wears like a suit to meetings, like our team meetings. Like he literally shows up with a PowerPoint presentation with like videos like Jocko Willink on him. And like, we're all just sitting there like so fired up. Like he, he really is like, when you talk about like a motivational coach, like, he knows how to fire you up and he knows how to like 
he knows how to coach individual players, right? So he knows the kid that might need to get pulled aside and said like, hey, what's going on? And then he knows that kid that he might need to like single out in front of the group. So he definitely had like a very, very unique coaching style, but also like that coaching style that I think everybody says they want, but only like certain people want. Like only like only certain players can handle it. And he got after us and he pushed us hard and he literally destroyed our bodies and our confidence all fall. And then when I got to the spring, he's like, our boys like, let's get after it. And we were like, we just did, you know, hell week or whatever for the entire year. And then now it's just like all happy, like, let's go out there and play. Um, so he, you know, I think he kind of does that by design, but he definitely, um, definitely gets after it, especially in the fall. So give, give me a background here. Cause I, I don't know if you're the type of guy that likes to get roasted by coaches, kind of light a fire under your ass. Were you on a receiving end of a coach back itch roast session and give us a little example on what happened? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, there's probably too many to count, honestly. I mean, he was definitely the guy that like, so like there was one practice, like he really got in my head and I hate that he did this, but there was like a, we were doing like bump plays or something you know, stupid or whatever. And uh, I messed up the bump play. He made us like go run, come back. I get back up there. I'm like dog tired. I bobble the ball, like go run again. We're all like dog tired and practice. I get back up on the mound and he looks at me and says, or yells to the team, like, get a right-handed pitcher up there who knows what the heck they're doing. <laughs> and I just, well, yeah, I just had to walk off and just wear it. Because, I mean, granted, it was my fault. Like, I, I couldn't, couldn't execute. But that was like, yeah. I mean, and then I got some, you know, other knucklehead, one of my buddies who runs up there, and he's like, oh, we can do it. You know? <laughs> All right, you know, so it was, uh, you know, there was moments like that where definitely, you know, if, if you weren't, meeting the expectations or the standards of the program like he's gonna let you know about it um and you just pray that it wasn't in front of the whole team yeah and i'll, I'll openly say this like coach package i have one year of eligibility actually no i have two years i went two years in juco and just no nothing no offers out of school 186 average but i got two years of eligibility left i honestly think like every team needs a morale guy like I won't touch the field. Like I'll never touch the field, but I'm a glue guy. One of the best locker room guys, maybe on the planet was, was, was like every guy on your team at that time, just a glue locker room guy. Like was everything so loose and all that kind of stuff in the, like the clubhouse, the dugout, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. We had a, I think we had a really, really good clubhouse atmosphere. Like we, I mean, we did everything together. We gave each other a hard time. You know, we, we shit on each other and, and we just like, we kind of bonded in the fact that like, we were out there doing drills and doing stuff in the snow. So like EB's rule was that if it was over zero degrees, like we'd go out and practice <laughs> and they'd like shovel the field off and like plow snow off the field. And I was like, all right, like, like NDD or like pop fly defense, like communication. And we're just like, like our hands are frozen and he'd like take his shirt off and like run around. That's out there. so nails. And we would, just, so like, we would just have to like, we'd all like just hang it up at the end of the, at the, end of the day and just like kind of come together. And the fact that like what we were doing was crazy, but we also like knew that if we didn't have each other, like we didn't have anything. So like, there was no way we would kind of be able to get through the stuff that we had to do if we didn't have each other. Um, so we definitely had like really, really good glue guys. We had a ton of like really funny like guys in the locker room. Um, guys that always knew how to like kind of make the atmosphere light. Um, and just kind of keep us all together. So it was definitely, definitely a good, good clubhouse. And that year that I visited, 
um, nosy, and uh, he took me to the the lacrosse center. I don't know what it is. It's like a new athletic center. Yeah. Holy shit! I mean, this place was idiotic, dude. Like, there were it. It looked like. I can't even describe it to be honest. Like it looked like a government building. Like the inside of it, there was like a weight room. There was um a turf like that you could do hill climbs with. It was yeah. fucked. Like I couldn't believe some of the shit that I was seeing. Is was the baseball facility kind of like that, or what, what was like the baseball facility? Um, so that's like our uh, oh, what's it called? Like our South Campus Performance Center. So that's where we lifted. That's where we trained. Um, oh really so that like that's right by like the new lacrosse field yes but pretty much every team outside of i want to say like basketball and i i even saw on twitter like this year juan howard was taking the guys and they're doing like obstacle courses and all that kind of stuff because that place is just a jungle gym. um like basketball and hockey have their own like big facilities i guess if you will and like those teams will even go in there sometimes and then the football obviously has shown back their halls, so they're never in there. But then every other team on campus uses that place as their oh, okay. So there's a little like natatorium right across from you know, like that little fairy field. It's the track. Yeah. yeah. Like right across there, there's a natatorium, which is uh like swimming and diving. And there's a little weight room down there that we went to the fall of my freshman year. Um, but when that place opened up, that's where everybody trains now. So it's like it's unbelievable. I mean, like that's about as state as art as you can find. And you uh, want to talk about historic, historic, historic areas in the University of Michigan? I mean, you have to bring up Yost Arena. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty close with Jacob Hayhurst, who was on the hockey team there. I don't know if you were there when he was there, Hayhurst. Yeah, Hayhurst yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went to go visit. I mean, Yost Arena is one of the most historic areas. I mean, you got the Hughes brothers. I mean, when they were there, it's just one. Uh, the hockey team is always good at Michigan. Were you guys? All, like did you, were you guys because i'm assuming that didn't like align with your schedule were you guys going to the hockey game shit like that yeah i definitely did i mean I, I can't say that i was you know at every single game but most of the time like if we'd get out of practice i'd call it like seven or eight o'clock or whatever they'd like their games would just be getting going so we would kind of like just run over and like check out the hockey game for a couple periods and then like maybe go home but um i was good buddies with some of the with some of the hockey guys so i always wanted to kind of go out and check it out and um, Joe Donovan, who's from Chicago, is a huge hockey fan. So, like, me and him would run over there every once in a while. Um, so, it was, like, it was tough sometimes, but we got to see plenty of games for sure. Yeah. It's just, like, I feel bad for the other athletes there because the hockey dudes wheel. Like, they pull. Like, they, you want to talk about getting girl? Like, the hockey guys pull at the University of Michigan. Those guys are absolute legends there. And especially when you mention, I believe the three out of – yeah, the, the top three or four picks in the NHL draft this year were all Michigan guys. Like, yeah, we had, we had one, two, four, and five. Yeah. yeah, it's so stupid how disgusting that hockey team is. But when you were there, that that football, you were there. Were you there during the year when Michigan football was like um, nationally ranked, like three or four? When that, that they had college game day against Wisconsin, do you remember that? Were you there for that year? <sighs> I don't know. I want to. I think that's 2018. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're there. Uh, yeah, I think that was my that was my freshman year. Then I think that was yeah. Because that was when they that was when they were undefeated and then they lost to Ohio State. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah they lost yeah. to Ohio State. Yeah, that yeah. was like my favorite year of all time. But yeah, I just remember that. But I want to go into the draft. So you get drafted second round. I believe a lot of Michigan players got drafted in the second round. Like a lot of a couple pitchers that in the second round or first round stuff like that. Like you said. Yeah. So that was a that was Carl and Tommy. Like those other two guys from. So that was 2019. 
they went um, in the second round, and then I went in 2020 in the second round. Okay, so yeah, anyway, so you get drafted in the second round, and by the way, you want to talk about Michigan Twitter being absolutely spot on. That photo edit of you in the athletics jersey, holy <laughs> shit, that shit was fire. I would have put that on my story immediate. No, I wouldn't have put any thank or any congratulations, just that picture. But so yeah. you get drafted the second round. Were the A's always that team that was the most interested in you, or was there like other teams knocking on the door there? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely tough. I know like I think there's other guys that can kind of like attest to this. A lot of the times the teams that show the least interest in you end up like taking you. Yeah. So, all the time. That, yeah, so that team that like is calling you every other day and is like asking, you know, what you had for breakfast, like they don't even end up taking you. So I wouldn't say I knew I knew the area scout Rich Sparks really well. Um, he was my coach at East Coast Pro in high school. And then he kind of, he was always around Michigan. So I kind of always caught up with him whenever I saw him. So I knew Rich really well. Um, and when I found out that they drafted me, like I was ecstatic because I knew Rich. I knew like he, he kind of got his guy. I was his guy. Um, and that was like really, really cool. But yeah, I didn't really like, like I didn't see it coming by any means. I kept going to the draft. I mean, I didn't necessarily know where I was going to go per se. And I didn't yeah. have any idea of who it was going to be. Um, so it was definitely kind of a surprise in both of those areas. Yeah, and then that was like a that was the weird draft, right? That was like the COVID draft because that was when Wogan yeah. went. Yeah, it was five rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So when you so in that draft, you go second round. Did you have like a, a draft party, or were you one of those guys where it's like I'm not having a draft party just in case I don't go in the first round, and it's like kind of embarrassing? Because we've had a couple stories of guys having draft parties, yeah. and it's like their name doesn't get called, and it's like kind of awkward at the and like the kind of awkward scene. Yeah. So the first round, the way that draft worked was the first round was the first day. So usually it's like the first two rounds, which that's what, like, that's what makes it complicated because guys think they can like, okay, I might not be a first rounder, but I'll be a second rounder and I'll go on day one. And then they end up slipping to like the third or fourth. Like that's when it gets tough. But through my conversations with my agent, I was like, it was kind of one of those like, Hey, 99% sure you're not going to go in the first round. So the first day of the draft, I was just with my family and kind of like, hey, if I get called like randomly, which again, we weren't really expecting, I'll be with my family. And then the next day, day two, which was kind of, that was like two through five, I believe, like that was the rest of the draft. Yeah. Me and Wogu had a draft party together. So me, like, so we went to his parents' house because he's from Ann Arbor. So we went yeah. to his parents' house. My family was there. His family was there. The coaches went, our best friends went, some of the players and like our friends from Ann Arbor or whatever. Um, we had like a big draft party at his house. I got called second round shortly after he got called in the third round. And then after that, we rented out the jug for that night. Holy so we literally, me and Wogu rented out the jug for like our post draft, like party, if you will. So we ended up going back to our college house with like much of our friends, our parents came we kind of got after it a little bit. And then we were talking to Perry who like owns the jug. And then when they like, he was ready for us, we went, there was, so this was kind of like in the COVID times. I, I don't want to like, get in trouble for any of this, but like we weren't necessarily probably supposed to have as many as we did, but I think we still had like, we re, like, we, we like kept the capacity low, but we had like us and like our best friends like in the jug and like, it was just us. Well, if it's a private party, I mean, I don't think you can get shit for that any like at all, to be honest. Because if you look at the MLB draft videos, especially in that year, there was like a thousand people in people's houses. Like it yeah. was, <laughs> it was yeah. legitimately a thousand pieces. And I mentioned it. 
Our guy went first round, Cade Cavalli. Did you play with Cade too? Yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> he's disgusting. He's so good. He's I think he's in triple A now yeah. or double A. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, so uh -huh. he's gross. Yeah, but yeah, so that's basically what it was. So we uh, we all pushed that place. It, when I say we ran it out of the jug, we didn't have the entire place. We had like half. Have you ever been there? Like been no, in there? No. All right. So the way it, like the way it is is basically like you walk in. There's like the big bar. And then like there's like steps down and there's like a back room, right? So we had the back room. Okay. But, so, so you had that place, you had like the back room rented out. Yes. And yeah. then after that, we went kind of into the main area, screamed the address of our house and took everybody in the bar to our house. That's that so house. all day. That, yeah, I mean, that, that's what dreams are made of. <laughs> that's what dreams are made of, man. It's like, so what bar am I thinking of when, with the mind probe? Is that Rick's? That's Rick's. That place is absolutely electric. I think I, 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 I think I almost got into a fight with a frat kid when I was there. That sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, dude, dude, it's actually like, and you talk about stereotypes, like you say when you think of University of Michigan. There's obviously tons of rich kids there, obviously. Yeah. And the frat guys there. I mean, if you're not, if you're not an athlete there, I'm. A, is there, is there ever beef between the frat guys and the athletes there? Because two, two alphas trying to go at it, right? Yeah, I don't know. We didn't really have much beef with them ever. We had, um, we actually had a good relationship with like a couple of frats and sororities as well. But like we humble brag. Like with the, yeah, like with the frat. <laughs> so we had like we had a bunch of California kids on the baseball team, yeah. and then like all their rich friends went to Michigan, and then we're in frats. So we kind of had like ins there, like if we ever wanted to. And it was kind of one of those things where like I think everybody wants that like athlete frat drama, but at the end of the day, like half of those frat kids are like betting on us to like win games and stuff. And like, yeah. they like low key, like love, us, like love, not love us, but like love rooting for us and like love sports anyway. So like we, I'd say we had like a good relationship with the frat kids. I don't think there was ever any like serious beef between any of us. And we hung out with them they hung out like we, cause once you get to that point too, where you're like, everybody's 21, then you're just pushing the bars anyway. So, yeah, true. You know, kind of like, hey, let me into your frat. Well, like that kind of dissipates after your freshman. Yeah, year. no, I I wasn't a big frat guy, man. Like, yeah. it, just like they all wear those vineyard vine shit. It's like it's crazy the stereotypical stuff. Like, especially being a Canadian, we don't have many frats here. When you go to those big schools like Michigan, Ohio State, all those areas, like that's legitimately how they dress. Like, it's not a stereotype. Like, there's actual a store on that main road there where the big house is. I believe it's just full of frat shit. I think it's a Patagonia. Yeah, there's a Patagonia right. store on the main street. So it's yeah. like, it's a legitimate a thing there. And I, and then, so obviously you sign, you get a pretty big signing bonus. And I'll talk about another man's money. What was the dumbest thing you bought with your signing bonus money? Or what was like this, the biggest purchase you made? Um, I bought a truck. So I don't know if that's necessarily like stupid, but um, I'd always wanted a truck. I drove like a little Chevy Equinox in college. So um, I got a big, big Ram 1500 truck um outside of that like i've tried to keep it pretty low-key i mean i'm not i wouldn't call myself like a super flashy person so i i'm not gonna go out and get like a couple of you know louis or gucci bags or anything like that yeah um, so i've tried to keep it like under control i got a couple pair of yeezys and some jordans and some stuff that um you know i like to wear around but i think the biggest like the biggest purchase that i made was just my truck what truck was it it's a Ram 1500. Okay. There it is. I mean, that's just the, that's the Michigan blue collared, hard hot steel toe boots guy going at it right there, man. That's electric. <laughs> right. yeah. No, but I, that's crazy because especially a guy like me, who's a, like just a degenerate period. When I see that money hits my account, I don't know. Like how did you get a chance to kind of like soak in that you signed for that much? I, like 
ever? Or like, did you get the chance to look back on your account and be like, holy shit, man, this kid from Michigan signed, like has a pretty good amount of chunk of change in his bank account right now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a, it's a nice feeling. Um, but the, like the way it works, it's like, it, it kind of helps the players in a way like they, we did, we get our signing bonuses in three installments. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it takes three years to get your full allotment of money anyway. So that's kind of good in the sense that like, you're not just getting a ton of money, like just deposit in your account, like all at once. So, I mean, it's definitely like something nice to, you know, kind of know that you have, but I kind of took that money and and gave it to the financial advisor and don't really see much anymore anyway. So it's, um, you know, kind of good to, it's a good feeling to know that it's, it's there, but uh, you know, I still try to live. What agency are you with? My means. Uh, I'm with IFC baseball. Okay. Our guy Jano's with that. Danny Jansen. He's at that agency yeah, on the blue yeah. Jays. No, that's a sick agency. Holy shit, dude. There's yeah. a lot of dogs in that agency. So yeah. that's a good agency to be with. Obviously you want to be with the big dogs. Like those guys are t- one of the top dogs, but, and then, so you played for an absolute legendary team this year, a team that I actually, when I was 18 underage drinking, I had at their dollar beer night, the Lansing Lugnuts, a team that actually knows about this podcast. They've tweeted at us. They've acknowledged our existence. They love us. What was it like playing for the most legendary minor league team in the Michigan area? I mean, Lansing Lugnuts, incredible name, incredible ballpark, by the way. So, I mean, what was your time like there? It was, it was short-lived, obviously, but what was it, what was yeah. it like there? It was awesome. Um, I lived in those outfield lofts, like right at the top of really? the stadium. So yeah, it was sick. Um, literally just like walked down to the yard every day. Uh, the Lugnaughts fans were awesome. It's obviously right in the heart of Michigan state. Yeah. So not like really my area, but I will give it to them. They had like frat nights and sorority nights. And sorority stuff. night. Yeah. Like Thursday, Thursday, Thursdays or whatever. I mean, the crowd was like bananas. There was kids everywhere just yelling and screaming and drinking. Like it was a really, really, really good team to play for, especially in my first year of pro ball. Cause you know, you never know where you're going to like going to end up at, you know, you can be for us in West Texas or, you know, on Michigan state's campus, like that's such a wide range. So yeah. I was really, really fortunate to be able to play for them. And the, the PR stuff that they had was awesome. Um, all the, you know, Park in the park and white claws and paws and like that kind of stuff. Like it was just a fun, it was just in fun. It was a fun environment every day. So um, that's, it's a, it's an awesome affiliate. And I was, I was glad to be there. That's, I was legitimately heartbroken. So I'm a big blue Jays guy when, yeah. when they obviously left the blue Jays because yeah. I, we have blue Jays guys on. And actually one of our got one of our, like one of our guys on this podcast told stories of just the baseball players, just absolutely wheeling the sorority girls, <laughs> like the, the Lansing Lugnut players, like throwing balls up to get their numbers, stuff like that. So did sorority night get absolutely rowdy there? Cause those drinks, there are unbelievably cheap. Yeah, no, it was fun. Um, I say in the dugout. So I don't like if you're, I know it's a completely different story if you're not in the bullpen. Cause that's like kind of right in the like thick of things. I stay in the in the dugout. I like kind of mess around with the position players, and I like like watching hitters up close. Especially like if you're gonna pitch later in the week, like I kind of like being there, like being able to kind of study hitters from the opposing yeah. team and kind of know what I'm like up against, if you will. Um, so I didn't spend a ton of time like kind of in that like in the mix. Yeah, in that little bullpen kind of very open view type deal, but. From my view, kind of looking down, there was a lot of balls being thrown up in the stands. I think, <laughs> I think it was definitely, uh, definitely good, good Thursday nights for, um, you know, the crowd and everything like that. I love it. I love the Lansing Lugnuts. That's one of the teams that 
I mean, this is like early stages of the podcast. They gave, they gave the pot. They were just, they were pumping our tires. I love the Lansing lug nuts. But one thing about the Lansing lug nuts as well is, is RJ's guys used to tell stories about like fans talking about like Boba Shett and Vladdy when he was there. Did you ever hear any of these legends of these guys? Because I think Boba Shett hit like 430 <laughs> in Lansing. Like he was a freak. Same with Vladdy. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming there's been a couple yeah. legends passed on. Yeah, no, there's, uh, I mean, their pictures are everywhere. Like you walk into the, like you walk in the facility or the clubhouse or the stadium or whatever, it's like Stroman's face, Syndergaard's face, Vladdy and Bichette. Like they're like, all these legends are just like posted all over the stadium. Um, so it's sick. Like, it's cool. I don't know if there's any like, you know, legendary stories that, about them. I think the only thing that I heard about Vladdy was that he hit our apartment building. Like, <laughs> I, I can't remember like if it was in BP or if it was in a game. But literally, it's kind of cool. So, like, in those outfield lofts, um, it says, like, like in left field, it's, like, 481. You know, like, if you hit the apartment building. And then if you hit it, like, in dead center, it's, like, 530 or something like that. I don't know if those are the right numbers. But somebody told me, like, yeah, like, Vladdy literally hit one off the apartment building. And I was, like, oh, like, that's cool. You know, because when you look at it, it's, like, oh, it's just, like, right in the outfield. Like, yeah, like, that's feasible. And then you look at it and you're, like, Okay, then there's like 50 feet of like stands, and then there's the apartment building, and that's like 480 something. Like, that's absurd. So, like, hearing about that, and then like seeing the home runs that, you know, I give up or somebody, you know, hit on our team hits or whatever, like, you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy that a human can actually hit the ball that far. What was like that adjustment for you, especially, I mean, being a guy that is pitching for like on massive stages in the College World Series, all that kind of stuff to literally you're i mean you're in low i mean it was, was that low a is that correct that's high hi you're in high a grinding i mean i'm assuming the meals aren't that great when you're traveling it's kind of shit we always roast it but i mean what was that adjustment like for you where you're like you have the best facilities in the world the university of michigan and then now you're in high a lansing michigan uh, lansing michigan just absolutely grinding yeah, it's a grind. I mean, it's like, it's gritty, right? I mean, literally when we go on the road, we're doing lifts and like, God bless our strength coach. Cause he's literally trying to like create these workouts for us and legitimately like the hallway. Um, <laughs> I mean, like the, the, the facility is at stadiums. I mean, like you got to remember if they were built 30 years ago or 20 years ago or however long, like they're just not necessarily, um, they weren't built to like accommodate 20 guys wanting to go in and lift at once. Right. So they're like just smaller weight rooms. I mean, they're underground and everything. Um, then you just kind of have to make do with what you got. And I think that's kind of the, the blessing and the curse of like minor league baseball. It's obviously hard. Um, and it's, you know, when you're looking at it from like a professional aspect, you know, you're not getting professional. Yeah, no, it's the living uh, conditions are shit. I mean, yeah, I, we but, say it all the time, but at the same time, you're, you're kind of learning what it takes. Like it, you have to learn something about yourself, right? Like, are you going to be the guy that uses that as an excuse? Like, okay, you know, oh, I didn't pitch well today because I had to roll out in the hallway. You know, like you, you kind of have to learn like what you have down, like deep down within, um, which is also kind of cool in itself. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's just, it is what it is. And I, I think it makes you better. I mean, what's going on here? Are you going to be a, are you, I'm assuming you've adapted to the beard. Are, I've seen pictures of you at Michigan clean shaved. Are you a beard guy now or a clean shave guy? What's going on there with that? Yeah, I think I'm a beard guy now. I've had it for a while. Um, 
I do like it, man. I don't know. It's, there's just something about it. I do like it. So I think, think I'm a beard guy, at least for now. We'll see. So we're going to confirm that. We're going to put that in the bio of the interview, confirmed beard guy now, because obviously I think it looks more intimidating having the beard. Like the baby yeah. face is kind of electric though. Those, those pictures of you at Michigan, I got to yeah. bring up this. I just, I'm creeping a profile here. The elf outfit. What's going on there with that? What made you guys dress up as Elf and Santa for Christmas? By the way, an absolute incredible, incredible costume you got going on there. Give us the backstory on that. Like, was that your idea? Whose idea was that? That's just Halloween, man. I mean, so I guess let's put it this way. You're a poor college kid. You got no money. What's the best Halloween costume? True. A costume that you can wear for Christmas. True. So it's a two in one when all the Christmas, you know, celebrations are happening. You got the Santa costume. You need a Halloween costume. You're Santa and buddy the elf. True. No, that's, that's genius. And, and especially seeing now with the NLI stuff, you mentioned being a broke college student, what would have been, what would have been one thing you try to finesse as a college athlete, especially for a massive baseball team like that? Would you try to sign with like a dealership, maybe, maybe a shoe company, like get some free shoes, get a car. Like what, what, what's one thing you would finesse? Maybe Chick-fil-A. I don't know. But what's one thing right. that you would try to get your way into? With the I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, because I don't even know how it's working. Like I got to ask my buddies who are playing right now, like at Michigan, if they're, you know, doing stuff. Because obviously the, the Barstool thing's cool, right? I would have definitely probably – I probably would have gone for the Barstool athlete thing. Um, I think clothes and shoes are like big ones, right? Like if there's smaller companies or – you know, I was by no means getting like a, a Lululemon deal or something. You know, you're not the starting quarterback. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if I could have tried to finesse like some clothes or some shoes or something like that, I think that would have been really cool. Um, other things, maybe like I've seen some kids do stuff with like hydration companies. I think kind of stuff like that's cool when you talk about like, I mean, they like we obviously have supplements and all that kind of stuff provided for us. But um like also just like hydration companies um recovery type stuff like i think like right now i'm actually working on maybe like doing something with like a red light company i think that's kind of like a new like form of um like recovery and like therapy and stuff like that so i think i would probably have explored those two things you know maybe some clothes and shoes and then maybe some like recovery type stuff um would i have loved to deal with like nike or something yeah that would, that would have been pretty cool <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that would have been i'm very positive that wouldn't have been in the cards, but um, definitely a cool thing. And I think it's really good that they're letting guys do that. So it'll be I interesting. Mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that that like that's it's we're in the year 2021 and that's finally like actually a thing. It's just the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life that it's now. And they're not even giving Reggie Bush his Heisman. I mean, what are we doing there with that? Reggie Bush deserves the Heisman back. I mean, that guy was a freak of nature. So right. it's, it's crazy, but and we'll end it off with this because this episode drops next Thursday. We're recording this on the 23rd. So this drops on the 30th. Hopefully when this drops, our spirits are still high with the university of Michigan facing Rutgers this weekend. I'm a little bit on the edge with it because I mentally being a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, fan of the blue Jays, fan of all these teams. I always mentally prepare for the heartbreak coming up soon, especially right. with Michigan when they lost by a thousand to Ohio state that year in 2018 in in ohio state so what is your i mean where do you feel i mean how do you feel about the university of michigan obviously you said you're you're like confident with the team but this is the best i've ever felt since that year i mean the defense is fucking insane um i I don't mind mcnamara doesn't throw the ball that much the like the running backs are obviously they run the ball a shit ton especially with jim harbaugh but 
where, where, what do you expect from the team this year? Like, are we talking top 10 in the nation? Cause I, I think they snuck in the top 21, right? They're in 21st yeah. right now. I'm going next week against records. I'm going like 42, 14. I think we, I think we handle them well. Um, as far as my end of season prediction, it might be too early to say. I mean, you know, you gotta give, you gotta give respect to everybody that they've played. You know, they, they've tried their hardest and everything. But when you look at it, they haven't really played, you know, anyone yet, right? No, they haven't. That, you know, they haven't played anyone yet. So, I think Wisconsin out Wisconsin. Um, I, I'm preparing for that. That's gonna be heartbreak. I, I'm right. just, it's gonna be. So after Wisconsin out Wisconsin, I think we'll have a better idea of what we're gonna end up like. Um, because I went, I actually went to one of those games my freshman year. Uh, when they played at Camp Randall, that was an incredible atmosphere, by the way. Talk about an absolute blast. Like, that was probably – outside of, like, Michigan football games, that's the second best, like, place I've ever watched a football game at. And it's not like I've toured around the country. But um, that's, an um, like, an awesome atmosphere to jump around. I have to give them that. So, I think after seeing them there, I think I'll be um, – it'll be a little bit easier to say what, what we have for the end of the year. But I'm hoping if, if we're, like, a top – if we're a top-10 team, I mean, I think I think we get there. They're top 20 right now. Michigan's 19th. So, it's like yeah. – yeah. yeah. And, I'm listen, Michigan's get it. I mean, Michigan's 20-and-a-half-point favorites. I might have to hammer Michigan this weekend. They're an absolute wagon. But that game against Wisconsin next week, I'm leaving myself a mental note. Just mentally prepare for – I mean – the camp camp Randall's a nightmare to play in. So it is, yeah. Penn State beat them there though. So we'll see. But anyways, man, I mean last thing, the last thing. You're obviously recovering, you're playing the Arizona Fall League. There's gonna be some absolute freaks of nature you're playing against in that league. I've I believe our our guy Cole Franklin's playing in there for the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, um know. you know Cole? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean, so what so what team are you playing with there? Because I know some of the teams are like added up, right? Together. Yeah, that's how they all are. So I'll be on Cole's team. Uh, we're the Mesa Solar Sox. So um, I believe, and I might get this wrong, but it's like us, um, Cubs, Mariners, maybe like the Orioles too, or something like that. So, oh, and I think actually we might be with the Blue Jays. Or I'm Probably. Wrong. You, you I might don't know. Be. I, I have that. no idea. <laughs> I, think, I think we're with the Blue Jays too. So we're all kind of added up. I know Cole just from being down here in Arizona. We have some mutual friends, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know there's going to be some studs all across. I mean, everyone there is going to be a stud. So I'm really excited to kind of see that competition. Um, and I'm very, very grateful uh, to, you know, for, for the A's being able to give me that opportunity. So um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and credit to me, obviously, I should have done my research. I mean, you're the number 14th prospect for the athletics. I'm assuming you don't, you you, you might know that, you might not know that. But that's, I mean, that's, the so MLB pipeline here is pumping your tires, man. So they have high, I mean, that you love to see it, but, and this is what we always do with the guests here. When you make that debut, I'm going to need maybe a text message. I'll get your number down. We'll figure something out, but I'm going to need to be there. Maybe we'll figure something out there for that debut. Hopefully it's in Toronto. We just get luckier on the North side of the U S but I mean, let me know what that debut, send me the Drake gift saying, let's go or anything along those lines. But I want to be one of the first five to 10 people that know that you're making the show. Okay. All right. I will, uh, I'll put you on the list there. That's for sure. Well, anyways, man, I mean, it, w- it was a pleasure to have you on. Obviously, we're, we're just going to pretend I went to Michigan. Just two Michigan guys going at it. Just an electric interview. And Michigan baseball, this is your last chance. Because, listen, Maryland baseball acknowledged us on Twitter. I was close to sign. I was close to being their guy. I was close to being a fan of the Maryland baseball team. Also because of Kevin Smith. But 
Michigan baseball, last opportunity, acknowledge the podcast. I'm, I, it's all in Jeff's hands here because if, if, if you're on my bad side, that's it. I mean, I'm never going to pump the tires again. But anyways, Jeff, man, I mean, electric interview, dude. Keep doing your thing. And obviously, I'm excited to see what you do in the fall league facing absolute dogs. I mean, I might have to make an appearance. We'll see. I, I might have come down to AZ. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. It's, it's a great, uh, great atmosphere down here. So, hey, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. This was, uh, this was a ton of fun. So, thanks again. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.